good people of Los Angeles and those with Angelino sympathies the world over and in the animal kingdom and in the plant world. That's right. Tonight on the FCFC podcast, the first episode of 2021. Like I said, we poisoned you just a little bit, the healthy poison, drink a little poison before you die with Jonathan to wrap up 2020, what was a very hard year. We wanted to heal you guys a little bit. We brought on Keaton Michael of the 42 Originals, a legend in the North End, a presence in the North End, a man who's an advocate for cannabis in all the right ways, uh, a man who's got a petting zoo at the crib. We talk all about that, those first two things. And of course, we get into oldest football memories, his connections with Manchester United, memories of New York City running around with dartboards. This was an episode that was packed to the brim with awesome things. Great content coming all year from the FCFC crew. It never rains crew. We got a Patreon. Check it out. We got a podcast. Review that shit. I already swore. But Slim, do you want to hit him with the warning? Ladies and gentlemen, we're all at home. We can't do nothing but sit on screens across America and enjoy a little bit of weed and tea together. But as per usual, we will be using profanity and we aren't holding back. So if you're at work or around children where you shouldn't be listening to profanity, it's probably a good time to stop listening. Happy New Year, motherfuckers. We back. And also, before I forget, in the Happy New Year, I just want to give a shout out to Formidable Fernando, Jonathan Medina, Talo, Jeremy Kim, Rastagari. Julio Soriano, Deach, and Edwin, you guys were our first Patreon subscribers, and it means a lot to us. We're just out here we trying love to make content. You so much. We're just out here trying to make content. We got newsletters now, guys. We got we got shirts coming. We got stickers. We got things, guys. We got things on the way. So thank you, Keaton. We're gonna enjoy this episode. Last roll. FCFC. Welcome to the FCFC pod where two scholars and a dickhead look at the world through a black and gold tinted lens. It's your favorite fat Korean, Slim, chilling in my own room because that's where we're allowed to be. Spice Man still over there in New Jersey, keeping cool. Tom Thibodeau is the god. I don't even know what you said right now. Okay, it's fine. Enthusiasm, Jersey enthusiasm. <laughs> and of course, the tea god himself, the big dweez. What up, y'all? And we have a very special guest tonight. I mean, we've been talking about having him on for, I mean, since we started the podcast, just because of just the fun, like, joyous person that he is whenever you see him. Uh, the jolly green giant of the North End. The the 42 original OG. We got Keaton Michael on the Zoom tonight, y'all. <sighs> <laughs> So you guys make me feel so special with that entrance. I appreciate it. Man, you are Keaton, special, we, bro. We wish we were all in the backyard right now. Uh, we're recording this in 
mid to early January and COVID is going berserk in LA County. So we are back in the rooms and the Zooms, but we're still going to hit you with the first question, Keaton. You already know what it is. We want to hear your first football memory. Let's take us back to young Keaton, his first memory of this beautiful global game. My very first football memory actually is scoring my first goal when I was five years old, playing in a U6. I could take you guys exactly to the park. It's right down the street from my house. I know exactly where it happened. I still have the goal, the jersey. And yeah, dude, it was AYSO, scored in a, my first goal, and my family loved it. And ever since then, I've been hooked. Damn. Were you just a goal scoring machine and that was just the first of many? Or were you like playing on the back line and just duped one in over the goalkeeper? Oh, man, I've played um, all positions, even goalkeeper, but I've scored many goals in my life. That was the first of many for sure. Hell yeah. Is that park down the street from you in the 818 or what? Yes, it is. It's Winneka, Winneka Park. It's very famous in the soccer scene from the Valley. If anybody from the 818, they know. If you're a Real SoCal head, an old soccer club that used to be called Samba, a lot of the people that helped start that club grew up playing at Winneka Park with my uncle, with my family. Um, yeah, we've been around in the soccer scene around here in the Valley for a very long time. Hell yeah. Was your So your uncle was into the game and what was his deal did he what what do you, do you know the story behind what how he caught the bug um well the bug my family has a soccer bug my whole life um my mom my family calls my mom the first Mia Ham because she uh was a striker she played girls soccer but back then and when she was growing up they didn't have women's soccer in like LA so my mom actually won the first city championship for Chatsworth High School um as a striker oh, yeah. she scored a hat trick in the first half of the championship game and that's just like the very beginning of the story but my mom grew up playing with those boys that I was talking about to help start those clubs there's a lot of big names Alberto Brew um so on and so forth you know a lot of people came through that pipeline from uh Samba through to UCLA all the way on so I'm sure anybody's listening that's familiar with those days will know what I'm talking what I'm touching on but there's an old Facebook group with the Winneck United guys they're um they're called the At Canoe Boys I think they still had uh, an adult league going on for a while. But yeah, they're um, they're prominent in the Valley scene, dude. They all play club soccer. They were one of the first club uh, club teams in the Valley. I think they were called uh, Winneka United. Um, they played Premier, had a whole bunch of legends in there. Um, if, you had, if you had sat down and talked to my uncle, he'd be able to talk to you for days with old soccer wash stories from the 80s and back in those days before they even wore shin guards and stuff. But Hell yeah. Well, Winneka United stand up. Uh, I know Jonathan from Shoulder to Shoulder, Gringo John, shout out Gringo John. I think he lives out in Winneka as well right now. Um, lots of good people out there. The younger Dweez went to high school out in the 818. We all got family out there, so we spent time in that part of town. But um, how long did you end up playing for, Keaton? Like you you were scoring goals young and early age five, still got the kit. You you kept playing through high school? And- yeah, I still play. Um, I didn't try to take it any further than high school because I had bad knees. I've messed my knees up six times, but um, I still play in a dog leagues. I cannot stop play. You know, I, like I said, I've messed my knees up six times. I shouldn't be playing, but I still play. I go play every week. I still play now with a mask on um, whenever we can, but I played club, ASO, high school, coached after that, um, still playing adult leagues, 
co-ed leagues anywhere I can. But I mean, COVID kind of shut down the 11 on 11 scene out here. But I was playing in a league just recently before COVID um, in the same league with Julio from uh, D9. I think they have a team out there, the D9 Ultras, that were in the same league. We had the 42 Originals and they had the D9 team out there in uh, the San Fernando Valley area. But yeah, so I still play today. Tight. And I mean, I think I'm going to twist, I'm going to twist the original question and hit Josh and Slim with the same thing, but different. Uh, Josh, what's your first Keaton memory? Because this man's a legend in the North End. I want to know the first time you came across, across the man Keaton and, and what he was bringing to the table. Um, I think I remember Keaton first. Um, first, it was by reputation because I had not got to meet him. I'm pretty zoned in when I'm in the North End. And then um, the 42 originals, the, their reputation and the, what, what they were trying to become was, was kind of came up in a council meeting. And I remember that. And then everyone's like, yeah, they're really chill. You know, they're really, they're really good guys. And it, it kind of ended there weirdly enough. And I was like, okay, I only got to figure this out. And then I think the next thing I remember about Keaton is uh, Keaton and his bucket hats, man. It, Keaton has a very unique style and he brings all that into it with all of his, all his boys there. And I think uh, I remember kind of just kind of a bucket hat moving, moving, you know, kind of marching in the North end. And I was like, damn, this guy's got something about him. It was like, and then I put two and two together and I was like, damn, this, there's some there's something special about this group, but I still don't know um, enough about them. So I'm glad that uh, we're uh, we're getting to know this. Also, Keaton and I were outside blind together about Leon of the Leon Stadium when we uh, were at for Concacaf, and we had a good convo on um, it's cannabis and where we are in Mexico right now. So man, Keaton, that's already been a fucking year, dude. That's how wild is that? I know, crazy, right? Yeah. Slimothy, when when do you first remember Lincoln with Keaton? Um, I think it was as soon as he made those scars, man. That's like a, it's kind of like the the call out to to all the other stoners. And I I saw the scarf, had to go say what's up to to Keaton, and uh, I think we shared a joint uh, during a tailgate. And then probably the next most memorable thing was when we were in New York. And Keaton was just walking around with the fucking dartboard. <laughs> I love that dartboard, dude. I still tell people to this day to go to our LAFC bar out in Astoria, Queens. So if you're, hey. in, you're in New York area, we got an LAFC bar out there in Astoria, Queens. They're called uh, Sissy McGinty's. They hold it down for us. Wait, what? Shut tell up, tell, us, the, on, baby. Let's go. tell us the tale of the dartboard, Keaton. Okay, so um, for that New York trip, it was my first time being in New York, and we went out for my birthday. Um, our Airbnb was right next to a bar, that bar, Sissy McGinty's. So we spent the first two days there because the game was on a Sunday. So we, we showed up Thursday. We spent Thursday night at the bar, hanging out, getting to know the people. It's a local bar. It's uh, ran by a, an Irish family. Um, so we just spent time getting to know them. We spent the first night, I think we had like 30 shots just uh, shooting the shit and playing and um, playing darts. That was my first time ever playing darts and they taught us how to play the game. My friend that was with me, his name is Andrew. He's a 42 too. Um, he played darts before. So he was kind of uh, like, he was my partner at the time and we were just playing two versus them. And we were actually destroying them throughout the night. So that whole night we beat them on Thursday, Friday came, we came back to the bar, same thing happened. You know, we were drinking shooting the shit um, playing darts and we were destroying these guys and I guess in New York darts is pretty heavy amongst the bars area I guess and um, so they had a little like semi-pro team of people that came through to that bar so 
we were there, got to, they're supposed to close the bars at, I think, 4 a.m. in New York. It was a 4.30 and they, the door opens up and the semi-team pro, the semi-team people come into the bar. And I guess they had called them and told them to come play and they had some people that they wanted to play against. So they asked us if we could play. <clears throat> Mind you, at this time, I was already drunk. I did not remember most of this. I'm lucky I had all this on, I was recording the videos. And um, we beat them. We beat the semi-dudes. We wiped them out one-on-one. -on -one. Uh, we ended up going through them. We did an East Coast versus West Coast thing, me and him versus those first, uh, their two partners. And I think the game is called Cricket, if I'm not mistaken. So we beat their whole semi-pro team, and they ended up giving us a dartboard straight off the wall. Um, but that was uh, after we were about to leave. It was kind of like a gift because a whole bunch of stuff ended up happening on that New York trip. It was very wild. Um, but as far as the dartboard, we beat the semi-pro team. Um, that's why it's all signed by those dudes. They're all names. Their names are on there. It was my first time playing, and I went undefeated in that bar. I had not lost, and I smacked everybody, including my homie. I ended up playing him in the final in the championship in a one-on-one, -on -one, and I beat him, too. And so I became the, the dart-throwing legend of Astoria Queens in a weekend, St. Patrick's Day. Man, I love that tale. My, my oldest, my oldest Keaton memory actually is from that New York trip too. Um, I was getting off the train down by, you know, Times Square area where there was a bar that a bunch of LAFC folk were going to go meet at. And I was with Pierce, shout out Pierce, shout out Ben uh, with the boys. And we're like kind of ducking our heads around the corner. And I see these two dudes yeah. must've been you and Andrew and I didn't know them at the time. I never met these guys. And usually like at this point I had met enough LAFC people that I would figure, you know, we're start a year two. It's like, yeah, I probably know. I would probably would have seen at least everybody, but I was like, have I seen these guys before? It's like, they just seemed like they were just like New Yorkers that threw on things. And then I was like, no, they can't be New Yorkers. Cause Keaton came up and he was just like already smoking. I think even though we're in the, we were in the train, we were down in the train. I was like, okay, so this is, is this, this is a West and West coast shit. And then uh, Keaton had the sticker, actually. So my first memory was the sticker. You had the the L.A. with the, you know, the part of the L.A. wing had the had the smoke on there. Yeah. And uh, that was my first memory. And then you ended up rolling with us to the bar. Remember, we, like we all kind of just mobbed it um, to that bar all together. And, and then obviously the rest is history, just starting to hang more. Obviously, my brother and you know a bunch of the same people and all that, all the 818 stuff. But uh yeah, it was great. And, and Keaton is just, he's an unforgettable character. I mean, like Josh kind of described it well with the, with the bucket hat and all that, but man, like it's, it's Slim's not exaggerating. We, we try to have a lot of people on the pod and we talk about getting them over here. And I think Keaton, I remember telling you like early, early on, like we're trying to get you into the backyard, trying to get you on the podcast, but man, it just took forever. And so just so, so happy to be here. I wish we were all together in the backyard, but, um, we tell us a before go we ahead. move on. Ahead, Spice. Mm -hmm. Keaton, is this um I mean Keaton, this is just you naturally. You just everything you say is so um nonchalant, but also matter of fact. Your life is very interesting always at all times. Are you a darts prodigy? Is that what I just heard? Is that are you <laughs> one of the greatest fucking dartsmen <laughs> on planet Earth? And we're just gonna pass. You said that's the first time playing darts and you were drunk half the time, and yet you beat the semi-pro team, which any semi-pro team in like the bowling areas and the darts area take it very fucking seriously i know sam sam is in that category too and so you just mop the floor with these guys and you earn their respect in some kind of western showdown in a bar in astoria like is this i'm sorry this is just in incredible and the way you said it was so relaxed but 
I'm I'm talking to a, a darts Zoom prodigy right now, so I'm I'm just I'm. Yeah. I haven't played anybody since then. Um, of course you haven't, for sure. <laughs> um, I didn't even know where to even go play darts out here. I got that dartboard and I haven't thrown a dart at it since. But yeah, I guess I'll try it again. I'll probably lose, but I hey, I did what I had to do and I held it down for LA and uh in the story of Queens. So when you I'll put me up, that. just re retire oh, on top, retire exactly. on top like Bill Murray. <laughs> yeah, that was a it was a crazy night. That night that I actually met you was the beginning of kind of why they gave me that dartboard. I got pickpocketed in Times Square. And when I met you, I didn't even know I had got pickpocketed. It had just happened. So then we went oh, to that, that bar. We got wasted, right? And we got, remember, you were at that bar. We got loaded at that bar, right? Yeah. yeah. It was my birthday weekend. So Pierce and everybody were buying my drinks. Julio, like, I didn't have to pay. So I didn't even realize my card was gone. So uh. <laughs> yeah, look at that bar. We come outside, and Andrew's like, yo, uh, tomorrow's the day of the game. We leave uh, Sunday night. Let's um, let's hitch a cab because we haven't hitched a cab yet. I'm like, fuck mm -hmm. it. All right. We're drunk as fuck. Let's do it. We go to hitch a cab, and we go to the fucking – we get to the Airbnb. Andrew's Andrew's blacked out in the car. He turns around and throws up all over me, like, right right before we get out the car. Oh. So I'm like, oh, I don't know what to do because, in uh, you know, if you throw up an Airbnb or an Uber out here, I think it's a $500 fee. So on top of my head, I'm like, oh, fuck, like we're about to have to pay a lot for this, you know, but we're already on the street of the Airbnb. So I'm like, all right, maybe we can just kind of like get out of here without him saying, because he did throw up all in my lap. So it was like, all yeah. in my lap, right. So oh. we, you know, he pulls up to a red light, like a block away from the Airbnb and Andrew gets out the car and starts running. Like he's drunk. He just gets out and starts running. <laughs> <laughs> And he looks at me, he's like, what's your friend doing? And then he sees it throw up. And he's like, oh, what the hell? Like, blah, blah, blah. Now I'm like, oh, I'm God. So I'm like, man, I just got out the car, um, threw the throw up out. And then I started walking down the street. And this dude is like five foot, dude, little taxi driver in New York, screaming at the top of his lungs, like, I have to pay, I have to pay, I have to pay. And I'm like trying to get the throw up off me. I'm not really paying him no mind. I'm still trying to find out where Andrew is. So he's walking with me and I'm kind of walking towards the Airbnb and he's arguing with me. And then we start like really arguing. And I'm like, fuck it, whatever, I'll go pay. And then I go to the air to the to the taxi and I didn't have my wallet. So that's when I found I didn't have my wallet. I was like, oh fuck, I don't have a wallet. Like, oh shit, you know what? Let me just go up to the Airbnb real quick and I'll give you some cash. So he was calmed down a little bit. So I started jogging. He thought I was running away. The cops come. They're right there in front of the Airbnb too. Like they just happen to be walking up the street. So he waves the cops down. They come, they talk to me. You know, they 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 thought it was funny, like a hilarious situation, because I really wasn't trying to. <laughs> I just couldn't get into the Airbnb either because I didn't have the keys. The drunk dude had the keys. So we're like oh. we're sitting outside the Airbnb, kind of just talking to shit. I'm just covered in throw up. And, you know, everyone's kind of laughing at me. I'm laughing, too. And it's midnight <laughs> of my birthday now. So then we go back to the we go to the taxi and this fool's in the taxi. Andrew's in the taxi sleeping in the back Ooh, he went back to the <laughs> went back to the yes so we get he pays real quick he swipes so we go to the car or go back to the airbnb i'm like fuck it i'm gonna go back down to the bar and tell him what happened um i go back to the bar come back drunk as fuck i fall asleep I wake up to andrew peeing all over me like all over my bed all over like yo andrew you're so probably kid, a great dude. friend but you're you sound like the worst human being possible oh yeah oh everybody <laughs> we get to this day for this for this weekend bro he that was so bad like that was that was crazy <laughs> So all that happened, right? He falls asleep in the pee. And then I, I just like, the bar I know doesn't ever close. So fuck it. I, I'm like, I'm leaving. I go to the bar and then I just go and tell him what happened. And they couldn't <laughs> believe the story of what had just happened to me on the night of my birthday and how I had just got pickpocketed. So they ended up just paying for the rest of everything that we needed for the trip. And they gave me the dartboard. They ended up throwing me a party 
when I came back that morning later before the game, we were going to go, we were getting ready to go to the game and I had all my LAFC gear on and stuff. And I came and gave them a jersey to put on the wall. And before we could leave, they were, they were throwing a party. They had like all, brought all their friends that we had met, like to semi-pro dudes were there. Their mom was there from the bar. Like they had a cake with my name on it and stuff. It was crazy. So it was really dope, dude. It was like the ultimate accumulation of how great that trip was. So it's like, we got so smashed with you guys and I ended up losing my wallet. And they ran, I woke up to my, my card being ran up, bro. It was empty. My bank account was zero, 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 zeros. I was like, what the fuck, dude? I could not believe it. <laughs> back. I didn't have an ID to get back on the plane. So that was a whole nother thing. But yeah, it was a great time in New York. And I'm glad it all happened. I happened to meet you at that time. I was already drunk when I met you. But I have videos and I remember most of it after that. But. This is the difference of Keaton Michael. <laughs> like... Anyone else, including <laughs> myself, if any of that shit happened to me, I would be a miserable fuck just shut down from, like, wanting to socialize or anything. But your ass just goes out, like, tells, tells the story. Like, you're a different fucking creature. I would have <laughs> just hated my existence at that point if I were you. There's down parts of what you got to enjoy, man, because if you can figure out how to enjoy the down, the goods are so much better. Because without bad, you would never be able to know what good was, you know? So you have to enjoy both. Just be able to turn into a laughing situation. Philosophy, philosophy, philosophy. Keaton's out out here spitting the truth. And, like, what's so funny is, like, in the process of him telling that story, like, other things about him emerged in my head that we hadn't even mentioned yet, like, in the introduction and all that, and in the story of New York, because your birthday was St. Paddy's Day, or it is St. Paddy's Day, right? And so the game was on St. Paddy's Day, and it was, like, this whole thing. And I remember meeting him, and I'm like, holy shit, your birthday St. Paddy's Day? And then there was the whole thing. Wait, now I remember, I have, like, this vague recollection about like the Batman wallet. Was it a Batman wallet? Because Keaton Michael, Michael Keaton. Do you want to tell a little bit about like your name and like that whole yeah. thing? And yeah, and the Batman. Cause Batman is like a whole other category that you don't even like seem like you advertise, but it's like a whole other part of this character that is Keaton. People wouldn't even know, but I, the first my the first season at the bank um, before there was a 42 originals, we were in the North End. I spent most of it in a Batman mask. So if you might've seen me, I had a Batman mask. I would not take it off. I was Batman. Like I just kept my Batman mask off. Uh, during the whole that pro whole first season in North End, it was great. But yeah, I'm Batman. I'm Keaton Michael, named after Batman, who was original, not the original Adam West, but Michael Keaton, if you know, is Batman, who just got new Batman role again. So he's doing it again, thirty years in the game. But yes, if you know me, you know I'm. I love Batman. I have Batman signal on my wall that turns on when the lights turn off. Like I am Batman. <laughs> Dude, I fuck with that so hard. So were you? Were you? You already were in that mode when you were like a kid, right? Because you obviously the name is connected to you since birth. Like, so you as a kid, I mean, we're talking, were we Batman for Halloween always? Would we have Batman Trapper Keepers? Like, were we rocking the Batman uh, gear? Or were you trying to distance yourself from it or you just embraced it from the beginning? Um, I didn't really embrace it from the beginning because I was more sports oriented. So it was like all soccer and baseball and basketball at the time and but when I got more of like an adult and I could buy my own things, so it was more of like, oh, I'm going to embrace this. It's like, I thought it was dope, you know, or my mom's never, my mom or my parents never really pushed it on me. Like, oh, you're Batman. I just knew that I was Batman and I appreciated it, but it was more like, I'm, I love soccer. Like I'm on my, my birthday parties were soccer themed. Like I had soccer balls on my cakes. My friends would come to play soccer and stuff. Like it was, we've been playing soccer forever. But and did I you, over, I would definitely yeah. do all Batman shit. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, Batman, you can't dude. lose. You can't lose with Batman or football. I mean, you got them both. Right? But, but 
I want to know, like, okay, I mean, I have so many questions, but like, when, when did you start watching the game? Like you had already been playing it and, and I know you're a big Absolutely. fan of the support overall, but like, yeah. Did you have early, early memories of, of watching football with, uh, you know, the, the world cups or other club oh, teams? Yeah, of course, dude. I, my, my family would make, or not make me, I would want to wake up and watch Brazil world cup all those Brazil teams, Ronaldo. My, actually, my favorite player is Fernando Torres. So when him and Spain were tearing it up, I was fully, fully on board. I watched almost every Fernando Torres game with Liverpool. Shout out to and, the 08, 08 Euros right there. Dude, yeah, fireman. That dude just worked his ass off, and I love it. Um, yeah, so I've been, I haven't missed a Manchester United match in like 14 seasons. Like, not missed one. I I watch them all. My, everybody knows I. There's, I'm not going to miss it for nothing. I don't care if I have work, school, whatever the case. I'm not. If I can't watch it on my phone or I can't watch it on the TV, wherever I'm at, I'm not going to leave my house. People just know that that's just known about me. That's a fact. That just well, ask my girlfriend. You know, she yeah, knows. Yeah, no. These two. These two gentlemen with us, they're all both, they're both united too. And I, I'm just going to ask them, how many seasons has it ever been for you guys not missing a match? Uh, my, my two, my two co-hosts over here. It definitely hasn't been 14 seasons. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little south of 14 seasons. I mean, honestly, I don't think I've, and I love, you know, I love my teams, but damn, like I, I've never gone a full season of every single game. And um, United was probably the closest I got to, like, two seasons in a row. I watched, like, 95% of it. But I missed, like, you know, I missed a EFL Cup game where I missed, like, one weird away fixture, especially when you're in L.A. so early. But, damn, yeah. dude, that's crazy, man. Where does that where does that come from, man? Where, where did your fandom of support for United start? So, I once I found out about them, I – about the whole – uh, EPL. I kind of was just a floater in my family, like Chelsea. Um, so I just kind of watched whatever was on. But once I started doing the research on the teams, um, I did. I found out about the plane crash in Munich and how the city had rallied around the team and didn't want to give up on Manchester United and made sure that there was still a Manchester United. And to this day, they're still like I get goosebumps just thinking about it. I really have goosebumps right now. Um, how much that just that community just supported that club and built it to what it is now. People just join uh, soccer or football, and they just think about now, they think about the trophies that we've won and how good they've been during Sir Alex Ferguson years and all that stuff, but they don't understand what <clears throat> what went on before even, you know, the before that, you know, the Bugsby Babes days and the downtime when that when that that community got torn to bits. I could, couldn't believe what, what I would have to go through if that happened to LAFC or something like that, you know what I'm saying? But they did that and what they've gone, what they've built since then, as far as like loving the academy and having the academy player play in the, not even just on the the reserves or on the 18, they're actually in the match day squad. They're playing on the field. We have the longest running uh, record with having somebody from the academy in the actual playing in the 90 minute on the field. You know, I think that goes back like maybe six or seven seasons, maybe even longer than that. But that's just crazy. And that, that whole community atmosphere is what I'm all about. I'm from a, a city of like, I think less than 600 people or something like that, Buchanan, Michigan. So it's all tribe over there. We all think about tribe. So I've always been about tribe. Everything I do is a, a community base. Um, so <clears throat> that just gravitated to me naturally. So 
once I dove in, once I dove in on that, it was just like, oh, I'm going to be a part of this. Like I, I would be, if I lived in Manchester, I would be one of these diehard Manchurians that live, eat, breathe the club, the the style, you know, not just the on the field as far as being an old trapper, but just carrying that Manchurian pride through what you do in your everyday life as far as going to work and being proud about it. And um, that's just what I love. And that's why I feel like I can't even miss a game because those people don't. And they're really about it. And I'm really about it too, you know. So if I, the least I could do is not at least show up and watch the games for them because it's not like I'm there actually cheering or showing up to away games. I went to my first game because um, I even think that even going to watch them in America is just like kind of like a, not like a shame, but just like a, it's not what I'm looking for, like as far as like trying to support them. So I did just go to the Galaxy Stadium to watch them play for the first time after all the times they've been here. But yeah, I just once I go to see them, I'm never going to leave. <clears throat> so I'm, I will literally stay outside of that stadium and live outside of Old Trafford. Like I'm all about it, you know, so that's where it comes from. That's why I won't miss a game. So it's like the least I could do for them because all that they've done for the club and for that city and everything else. So, yeah. I even get the Manchester newspaper in my in my emails. <laughs> All right, dude. I'm I'm not a fucking Man United fan. I'm a fucking piece of shit, dude. Like, <laughs> no, not you don't have to be like me, man. I'm. I think I'm just crazy. <laughs> I'm just that just goes to like who I am as far as like soccer. Like for me, that's just my life. Like my whole family's been about soccer, and once I found something that I could attach myself to, I I went all in, and it happened to be Manchester United. So. That's just what I am. I have my bedspread to Manchester United. My girl just got it for me. I'm 30 years old. She bought me a bedspread for a Manchester United bedspread and knew I'd be happy as fuck. You know, like she doesn't really like sleeping on it, but I do. <laughs> you know? I love that. And we love we love that's her amazing. for for buying that. What a that's the girlfriend guys right there. But I wanted to hear Keaton, you mentioned Michigan real quick in there. You like slid in something about a small town in Michigan. What's what was that town's is that where your mom or pop side's from? Yeah, my whole, uh, my dad's side of my family, pretty much almost all of them came from Buchanan, Michigan. I would give you a hundred bucks if you could find it on a map right now without looking. Damn, or Buchanan. Something. Never, never, no, never heard about it. it was, tell I, us a little I, bit about it. And then you were born out there and then you came out here or they just I came? I was born in Berrien Springs, but yeah, I was lived out there. I, I lived in Michigan until I was five. And then I came back here um, to go to school. I learned Spanish in elementary school. So I came back for school just to go to school. Whenever I had a break that was longer than a summer or, or longer than a couple of weeks, then I would go back home and spend my time at home. But yeah, that's pretty much yeah. Buchanan, Michigan. That's Keaton. You'll find. So, do you ever? Do you guys ever head back there at all? Um, yeah, I go. Like I said, I, I always, I always go back. I go back as much as I can, but I haven't gone back uh, as much recently because once you get older, there's really not much to do in a town of 600 people that has like no mall, no. You know, you really get to see a difference, and that's what makes me so blessed being in LA is because I got to see both sides of the spectrum growing up so it's not like I'm a transplant or I just grew up in LA and I don't see how other people live like there are people in this country that are in a 600 city where they don't have to do shit you know you don't really have to even graduate elementary school you can just be a farmer and chill you know and that's really how they live and they don't care about nothing no Instagram no fucking music nothing and that stuff that we care about they don't care about none of that and that don't mean nothing to nobody out there you know they still eat raccoon off the ground and that's 2021 shit you know raccoon yeah, right yeah. Here on by lunch that's fact <laughs> you know so that's, hell yeah no i know i know i know that living that divide living that divide as well yeah like the the town that we were we grew up in um there's a population of 89 people so real <laughs> and then we went to went to school elementary school down the hill it was a ski resort town 
in Southern Utah, but yeah, no, I, I get it. And there's, there's like all those farming communities out there and it's just like, yeah, I think that the rural and urban divide is one of the biggest divides like out there and people don't really understand either world if you haven't spent enough time in either world. And, um, damn, that's, cra that's crazy. I never knew that about you, Keaton. See, I'm over here. Just, we're just learning shit. We just wanted to talk to Keaton, just get the facts. Cause we just want to know how this magic man got made. Um, but we're going to dive into Keaton's LAFC story more about the 42 originals, but before that, we're going to take a quick break right quick and be back with you with that. We're back here. FCFC pod here with Keaton Michael. But, um, you know, I had an FCFC full circle moment here because the reason for, and, and listeners will know, this is not a United Homer pod or even a Gunner Homer pod. And sometimes it's not even an LAFC Homer pod. It really is like we love the game of football and the culture around it. But Keaton um, had the same reason for supporting United as one of our other guests in Timmy Maher, who had heard about the Munich air disaster over the radio as a young boy and then um, fell in love with the same kind of resilience of, of the, the Manchester, Manchester supporters and the fans and everyone who rallied around them. And I, damn, this game is, this game is just crazy. Generationally, all the stories is so, so rich and keeps going on and on. And um, it just, you can keep kind of peeling the layers back and this thing just gets better. Right. And hopefully we're getting to that point with LAFC, man, where we keep building all this stuff. So not that we're doing it for just the future generation legacy stuff but as people get to know us they'll see like yo there was work put in and there's all these legacy stories put in and i'm excited for that portion of it but um keaton i want to ask you twofold why lfc and um why cannabis man how, how, how do those two things factor in together and and what started uh what started your passion for both um well first the easier question to answer would be lfc is because I'm a football fanatic. I love the game. Um, I want to be as close to it as possible whenever possible. Um, I've always wanted there to be a professional team that I felt that was closer. I used to have, people are probably going to hate me for saying this, but I used to have tickets for Carson when my friends played for the team. So I would go to sometimes to the games out there. Um, and I used to sit in there, what they, I guess they would call their supporter section for the ACB or whatever. No, no disrespect to anybody. I'm just saying I was in, I was in high school at the time. Sure. But um, so LFC came around and I feel like that's just so much. I was just telling this to somebody yesterday that it's just they did such a way a way better job of making it more accessible to people in a situation that weren't or that aren't in the situation where they can just travel all the way down to Carson to go watch a game. And then when you get to the game, it's just not appealing. It's just not what LAFC was and what I was hoping for it to be because being someone that grew up, you know, you guys have been probably around for the soccer scene in LA, you know how active and how lively it is and how not bland it is. And that's not what I got when I was out there, you know, especially being someone that loved Manchester United and loved what their fans were about. I just didn't think that that's, <clears throat> that's what it was. And I felt like maybe at the time it was because of what the league had to offer and it wasn't like an appealing, like that appealing as a, to the fans so the fans wouldn't get behind it but no lfc showed me that honestly i sometimes i don't think i watch many games when i'm actually at the bank 
I'm really just looking at the crowd and having fun in the atmosphere because that's what I want to do. You know, I could watch the games when I get home on TV, but as far as being in that bank and having fun, like, dude, you guys know how fun that stuff is. Like, I love it. And that's what I wanted to be a part of. And that's what I wanted to show the world as far as what LA could bring. And um, as far as fans, that's what I found when I first got there, that first game, there's a picture of me on the soccer Bible. I'm standing in the North end with my, uh, inaugural season flag like this and I was just so happy and smiling like yeah this is the vibe that I've been looking for because this is exactly what we're trying to I was I know what the you know what we have to offer being in these leagues and you go to the park and you see the music playing and everyone's dancing and they have the little barbecues after the game and stuff like it's not bland like it's not just oh we show up play our game then whistle blows we get in the car and pack it up and go home like that's not how it is out here that's not how it should be in a professional scene and it's just like when you go watch the Lakers, like that is fun. You know, you go to Showtime and you see outside in L.A. live, how live it is out there. Like that's what we showed offer and that's what L.A. has to offer. And it should be just like that for all sports across the board. And L.A. gave it to me from day one and I'm not ever going back anywhere else. So as long as they're around, I'm going to be around. Damn, I miss it so much. Man. As, as the young kids these days say on the dead homies. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Um, all right, well let's let's get into the second part of that. Like, how did how did uh, your affinity for cannabis come about? Um, you know what? I was being very. Um, I was trying to use the the politically correct term because I'm about that. But Sam uses cannabis the most as um as a way to talk about bud weed. But like, is what's what's how do you refer to it? And um, what what's the right wrong way? Is there is there a wrong way? As someone not, who's not obviously smoke very much. It all depends. I probably won't talk, be friends with someone that still calls a reefer, but everything else kind of. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty funny. I didn't think about that, but yeah, that changes my answer. I was going to say it doesn't matter to me what you call it, but I prefer to call it cannabis um, when I'm speaking on a, a platform where other people will be listening. But if my friends are asking me to, if I can get them some weed, I'm not going to be like, call it cannabis, fool. Like you disrespect it. <laughs> you know, like, no, nah, you can call it whatever you want, dude. Just don't disrespect it. Where's that come from? Where's that idea of like um, cannabis being a more proper term or uh, um, more respectful? Um, so I love smoking weed. I smoke every single day. I've been around weed since I was a baby. Um, my family grows weed. They've been growing weed allegedly. Sorry. Um, allegedly, 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 allegedly. But yeah, so as a medicinal aspect, yeah. So I, I really do believe in the actual medicinal aspect of the plant and not just to sit back and get blowback faded. Like you see me rolling these blunts and stuff, but most people wouldn't even know if you looked at me, like I can't touch my right shoulder with my right hand. Like this is as far as my hand burnt, like turns. You, know, you guys are seeing me on camera so you can see it, but that is as far as my hand can turn. Like I can't play hot hands, you know, like that's as far as my hand turns. That's from playing soccer. I shattered my whole wrist from here playing soccer. So it all broke and um, the doctors put it back together and they did it wrong. So if you see this like lump right here, that's where my wrist is and my forearm is all the way over here. So it's supposed to be forearm and then wrist on top. So it makes that movement. But mine doesn't have that because my forearm grew past my wrist playing soccer. So, yeah, so it actually is uh, I have arthritis and I can't really like I can't even like write a five paragraph essay if I had to with a pen right now. But it's gotten worse. It, when I first when I first broke it, it didn't do that. I could used to be able to touch my shoulders. But the older I've gotten, I guess, and uh, well, while I got older, it turned itself over, you know, so it got to I didn't know else I would have got it fixed. Obviously, people would be like, well, why don't you get it fixed? Because I didn't know until I was like almost 21 years old one day and I went to go. 
um, like tried to flex like this. And it was like, what the fuck? I can't like do this since when? Like my whole time, my body, my arm would still be able to do that. And then one day it was just like, whoa, I can't even like grab a basket to do this. So like even just trying to do this, I could feel it all the way up in my arm. I don't want to talk all day about that, but yeah. So I do feel pain. And um, so I do just smoke just to like kind of numb that pain and don't let it like get to me. And I can go right right now because I'm faded. But if I just try to be sober, it would hurt. You know, I would, honestly, and I'm not even trying to be joking. Like I just like, I wouldn't be able to go right a five drink out of SA. But yeah, so that's why that happened back when I was 11. So, I mean, I've been, I started smoking every day when I was about 14. Um, before that, I was all into sports, like I said. So I didn't, I would tell my friends, I'm an athlete, I don't want to smoke, but my friends would smoke. <clears throat> and then I just started smoking in high school. And I believe it helps me out in all aspects as far as creatively um, playing sports. Um, it gives me more energy. I always tell people, I solely believe I can still run a seven minute mile while smoking a blunt. No matter what my time is without smoking a blunt, I could do the same thing while smoking a blunt, probably even faster. But that's just my mental, my mentality. I believe cannabis is a super plant. Um, and yeah, I love it. So those are my two biggest passions, basically, outside of like my love and my family and meeting people would be uh, soccer and then cannabis for sure. So top five to round out key family, meeting people, soccer, cannabis, and then just being happy. Gotta, gotta love stoner joy, man. It's simple. It's simple. Family, weed, good times, you yeah. know? It's the, only, it's the only substance that, uh, you know, it doesn't go south as often. Goddamn alcohol and heroin. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and it's a perfect segue if you guys wanted to ask about the 42 originals, because that's literally how that came to be, you know, um, I don't know what specific questions you guys had about the 42 originals, but as far as it, its beginning and its originality or where it came from, I never wanted to start in my own supporter club. Like, I didn't even know really much about that besides, like I said, about the ACB days, but I just wanted to meet people that I know, obviously, I just know being in LA, being as someone that played soccer my whole life that smoked weed and played soccer. There are people out here that smoke weed and love soccer. I want to meet you, wherever you are. I don't care who you are. I want to meet you and then I'll determine whether or not we could be friends after that first session. But we are going, <laughs> <laughs> no, we're going to play soccer. Like I want to meet you. I'm from a city of six people, dude. When I got out, my goal was to meet as many people on the planet as possible. And this is the best way to do it. As far as people that I know, I'm like I said, I don't want to be friends. I want to make everybody my friends. And you know, if we have two things in common, especially it's weed and soccer, I'm gonna like you off the bat. If you say Manchester United, bam, I don't, there's not much more you can say to me that won't make you my friend. So <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> Yeah, basically that's how the 42 originals came about i really just had my group of friends and we love smoking weed and right before the games i'm not really a big drinker like i'll drink sometimes i'll you know i'll go to uh the tailgates and drink but i started you know the four dollar beers get you fucked up but yeah my preference would be just to smoke weed get high as fuck and just go to a game watch it come back out smoke weed like we do after the game and that's pretty much the goal of the 42 originals is if anybody wants to smoke before the game you can find us out there somewhere. And after the game, you can find us out there too. <laughs> Dweezy, baby, I know that you got, um, you got your own pass with, with usage rates. Um, what's, wh now would you, would you find Keaton before a game and, and kind of smoke up before you get in? What, was that Dweezy from five years ago? What's your, what's your, uh, so, with you? yeah, yeah, no, I, I feel like, well, I, I actually, you know, 
we all talk about like first first uh memories on this podcast a lot and we talked a little bit about football tonight talked about keaton tonight i guess it's only right uh like first exposure to cannabis and yeah i mean i i waited a long time before i first i first ever tried it and man the first time there's a song by talib quali and most deaf called uh uh, as as black star and it's called uh i i know every word the new moon rose high in the crown of the metropolis shining like who on top of this people was arguing what is the name of it it is called uh respiration and common is commons on that song too and uh it's it's just like this really beautiful song about it's actually incidentally about new york city but you know Basically, I finally, everyone was like pressuring me, my cousins and everything. And I was like, all right, let's, I'll do it. All right. Everyone's here. My brother was there, uh, older brother. And we, we, we went and got in and out in advance. And then, <laughs> and then like spoke, listening to that song, you know, first time ever. And man, I, I enjoyed it so much. And I, I think those first couple of times, it was really fun for me. Um, and I, I'm obviously kind of like a, neurotic dude you know definitely like i got lots of things going on in my head all the time and so sometimes it was like really fun and funny to just like to just let it all out the way that cannabis can kind of open the door and and it it didn't really calm me down in the way that it calmed a lot of people down and what happened was later on because this was before cannabis was regulated in california i basically tried some of like the edibles and stuff and those they were packed way too high and i got like in all sorts of just like crazy spiral, scary, terrifying things that like were way wilder than any, like the psychedelic experiences I had and way scarier. And so I kind of swore off it for a while. And then every, every couple of years I'd try it again, but I'd still kind of have those, those things. I'm sure I have like some deep, dark demons to like, to unearth. Maybe I'll have to do it like an ayahuasca ceremony at some point and purge. And then I can come back to cannabis and like rejoin the, rejoin the ranks but no it's it's like i i appreciate cannabis culture i think it has like every culture that people don't understand from the outside like people who misunderstand it um i have a lot of people who are close to me who's who i trust trust creatively or professionally who grew up like kind of keaton did where like cannabis was part of their family story it's part they almost have like a spiritual connection with the plant um it's 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 both a medicine and a culture and uh you know, it's, it's both something serious, but also something very like warm and loving that people share. Um, and I, I like wish I could be part of it more. Uh, but no, I, I still, I still can't really, I can't really use it because I, I just go down those spirals too often. And like, I've tried all the ways, you know, like people who tell me now, like, don't worry, I'm, I'm going to do it with you, whatever. And the last person I smoked with was troops from AFTV uh in the in the parking lot yeah it you know he we were talking lafc i gave him that the famous hat as as the listeners of this podcast know he rocked for the rest of the the time and he really fucked with lafc and kind of that was his epl team or i'm sorry mls team now he's in the u.s at barstool so we'll see try to get him to an lafc game at some point when the pandemic's over but yeah he he was there and he's like yo man you want to smoke and i was just like there's like three people that i wouldn't turn down weed with right now and one of them's troops so we smoked and, and that that day i didn't actually get paranoid and it wasn't bad chilling with edgar and ac that night um but yeah i, I you know you for me had it's, the mids. it's just i got to be careful and, and uh you know here here in the house we've got these 
these cannabis infused social tonics that I told myself I'd have a, have a little bit of, cause Keaton was on the pod and I didn't want to, I didn't want to <laughs> not have a little bit of cannabis while I was here. I mean, this has like such a small amount. Uh, it's mostly CBD, a little bit of THC. So that's my long winded story about like cannabis. And it's like something I respect. It's just, I wish I could partic- participate in it more, but to say that I've like lost my mind several times and thought I'd never get it back, uh, would be an understatement. So I don't know. We'll, we'll get to slim who's, who's, who's worked in that industry and things like that. But, but I'm curious, I don't really know that much about Josh's experiences with cannabis and like his connection or disconnection with it. Real quick, before we go to them, are you opposed to CBD usage? I mean, you have the drink, but like smoking. Oh, I'm, I'm not opposed to anything. I would, I would use weed if it didn't make me bonkers Yeah, and I'm not opposed to CBD uh, either. No, maybe the the THC that you have, you're having the reactions to. So since they like now, since it's so, so advanced they have bud that's just cbd now so it yeah. has no just re- yeah it's regulated it's way more regulated than the gut yeah that's probably true maybe i should try it i should try smoking get the, medicinal, the, the cbd like i said yeah. I'm, I'm all about the medicinal values of cannabis i'm not about smoking it to get high and feel like i mean that's cool if people do i'm not going to knock you for that but i i fully believe in the medicinal values and all of it does and it's not just the pain relief and making things go numb like it does do a lot of other things that right talk all day yeah. about that's why I would no, suggest no, no. the cannabis uh, CBD version instead of and just trying that, like smoking that flower instead of. Yeah, the- I think I think that's something I'd be interested in. I'm not shut off to anything. And as someone who like is so connected to a plant, my own plant, like uh, tea, Camellia sinensis, the the real tea plant um, and who believes it to be sort of like a medicine as well. Not the medicine that people sometimes there's a misunderstanding that like you just sprinkle matcha on someone's wounds and it'll just fix them or whatever. But no, no, no. Like, Let them sprinkle like, matcha on their wounds. Do we, <laughs> you know, it's going to fix it. But Spice, what's your, what's your kind of connection with cannabis and how it fits into or doesn't fit into your life? I've never really, we've never really talked about it. Um, I mean, for, for good reason as it, it's not a huge part of my life, um, but it's funny that I'm, I'm talking to you guys from my childhood bedroom because like many nights have I spent here um, smoking really skunk weed like faded cross faded with like a lot of alcohol and like throwing up in my trash can like that I'm looking at like right now from Ikea we've had for over 10 years and so it's never um like I really I think I, when I hear you guys and how you guys use it I'm like a little envious I'm like oh that's that's cool like you guys know your limits you guys know what to push and when to do it but like I think I just try to find it in like uh, when I was too young or something and 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 got into it to a point where I never really enjoyed the sensation or like the sensation was always tied to like vomiting for so long and I love to eat and I love sweets and so I'm like yakking up sugars and fucking syrups and it's like never that's like I always will conflate it with that and my head starts spinning real quick so I mean that's the thing like I remember one of the first times I was smoking like this was in Queens with my boys and um, we were like maybe like 14 15 cold as fuck January we're outside in some some like abandoned rooftop because that's like you know it's still very criminalized right like especially on the east coast and so we were talking about like oh man that fucking yeah that good cali kush we hear about like and like like we actually know what the fuck we're talking about but we had this idea that that cannabis culture was so big out in the west coast which it is and i think for us to be looking at like like that shriveled up flower and like we're breaking about these things that like and eventually like look like fucking boogers and shit like it's like nasty you know but that's that's kind of how my introduction to it. And unfortunately, that's kind of where it stayed, you know, because I have such bad memories attached to it. So that's kind of my experience. Yeah, and I think that's kind of a lot of people's experiences with weed is that they always think about trying it and then they don't try it till they're drunk. 
And when you try it when you're drunk, like for the most part, you're still a stupid little kid who can barely handle their alcohol. Like if you mix weed with it, like you're not going to feel good. Oh, for sure. So, yeah. Or you're <clears throat> allergic to it because there are people that are allergic to cannabis. Um, I, I, I believe my sister is allergic to it. She has bad reactions to it. She will not smoke. Um, as much as I smoke, she is the uh, anti. I've smoked with her once. Bad, bad news bears. She smoked another time with some friends, threw up like you did. She was not drinking. It was just bad news bears. So, you know, some some people it's just not for them. I'm not it's not for everybody. But like I said, if you do smoke and you love soccer, Keats, the man to talk to. <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave the 42. Yo, in, in, I want to I want to use I want to use this time to also get us. In, I mean, like, you know, for long as I've known Slim, he's had the connection with cannabis and like I. I, you've, I've now told you guys my story with it. And when I've been approached in like cities in the US and other countries and shit, people always come up to me because of the way I look and like that I'm from like kind of a hippie background. Like, hey man, do you know where I can get some weed? And the irony of course is that I don't know where you can get some weed because I obviously can't smoke. Um, but Slim, like, you know, ever since I've met him, he's just always has like a great connection to to cannabis and is like, I don't know. It's just like he uses it in the way that like I've always seen as like I, what I'm jealous of. Like you just get to like hang and chill and like have that moment. Um, it's like it's like tea in that regard. Like you you just sort of it's it's for that. It's not like yo man, you want to get ripped right now with me. Like he was never bringing that kind of energy. So Slim, what was your like first exposure to cannabis and like how? Yeah, give us your first your oldest weed memory, man. Oldest weed memory. I think my oldest weed memory was like when I was twelve um my my homie's uh grandma had cancer so she had all these joints rolled up and my homie would steal like you know one one at a time and uh yeah and then we smoked it once in the backyard um and he lived like down the street from me so I just like giggled for a little bit we ate some snacks I walked home and I went to sleep um and then I didn't smoke for a while. And then there was a, a period where, like, I would just turn into Silent Bob for, like, a good hour and a half after I smoked. Like, where I just, I, I couldn't really talk. I would just sit there to, looking stupid, smiling. Um, and my homies loved it. Because, like, you know, I'm, I'm a shit-talking asshole. But, like, during that hour and a half, they could say whatever they want to me. And, like, I couldn't come back with a comeback to save my life. I would just sit there and be like... <laughs> <laughs> like I, I could yeah i couldn't talk i just sat there i smiled if they if they gave me some snacks like i would eat it and like i couldn't even like get up to like get water i was just stuck there for an hour just like <laughs> uh yeah and then you know and then i just kind of kept smoking and got used to it and like what we said is right it's like a very communal type thing like when you're with other smokers, every, every smoker knows puff, puff, fast, right? Like, and you know, it goes to the left. Like, there's just certain things that, like, if you've been smoking for a while, it's a very communal thing. And it, it's, yeah, it's chill. Like you said, it's not to get crazy. It's just to, like, if you want food to taste better or if you want a movie to be a little funnier, like, or if you want to watch a bad movie and make it good, like, it, you know. Like weeds that little cherry on top. Yeah, it seems like it's the it's the it's what happened with it in this country is the same thing that happens to anything when like horrible American cultural capitalism, the worst parts of 
of what that is, like gets a hold of something and they're just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, just, like, you just like drink a bunch and you smoke a bunch and you party and you wind up throwing up in your bedroom trash can like Josh knows the memories of. But for, yeah, for like many cultures around the world and like many people around the world, it's it's such a different thing. And yeah, like I said, as someone with tea, tea is something that's, you know, people bring people together in like a ceremony format. Same with, with, uh, with cannabis. So I think it's, I think it was dope. Like to, to have a, a cannabis aspect of the LAFC universe wouldn't feel without that. It doesn't feel very authentically Los Angeles, right? Like Los Angeles is such a, such a place with cannabis culture. And it's like, having that in the North end, I know, you know, I don't know how different people feel about it. I'm as someone who's a, like a, basically like a non-smoker, I'm happy to see it in the North end. I'm happy to have that culture in the North end. Cause that's part of the fabric of Los Angeles. And just like, you can't exclude like different groups of people for that. You can't exclude different things of culture just because you might not smoke or you might not think it has a place in football culture or what, whatever. I, I think it's welcome. And I'm glad that Keaton and the 42 originals brought in like that first night we met him and just like hearing what he had to do. I thought it was dope. And like, you know, it's, it's again, one of those can be less so now that it's like legalized and everything, but it could be like a hot button issue for people, but man, just fucking meet up with Keaton, meet up with the 42 originals, smoke a little bit, hang out and realize that shit's all good. It helps, it helps just calm down having Keaton around, man. You just, you don't have to, it's just some secondhand shit. You'll be fine. So that's, I don't know. That's my pitch as a, as a non-smoker, but. I'm really glad that you said that though, because I honestly do believe that uh, cannabis is a huge part of LA's culture. Not that I feel like LAFC needs to have a, a weed banner on the field flying, you know, flagging like that or something, you know, like that and support a culture like that. But we, there's definitely people in LA that smoke weed that are going to be at these games. And that is a whole thing. But I also have brought a lot of people to the games that have never watched soccer before that just are my friends that smoke weed and came here to North End and now are in love. And, you know, we have some people in the 42 originals that didn't play soccer at all, but now they're in love with LAFC and they're fully on board and they're smokers, you know, and that's also an avenue that I wanted to be, you know, opening up is bringing those people to the game too, because LAFC is so brand new that we could, there are so many people in Los Angeles and there are so many people that are still yet to be to a game. And even, you know, they might hear about it, but being in the North End and seeing that culture is just, you'll fall in love so much. I got, I literally got goosebumps again thinking about it because you guys know how that, that North End is just so, so inviting and so fun. It's not, it's not soccer. When you think about MLS soccer, you know, you might not think about it. It's something that you might want to go watch as far as like entertainment wise. But when you come to the North End or you're in the, L, you're in LSC stadium, you see the North End rocking, like you want to be a part of that and you want to come back for more, even if you don't even know what you're doing. And that's, you know, there's smokers that I'm going to bring in. That's part of what we do. And that's what the 42 originals is here to be about is bring those people in and have them be a part of this community too, because Los Angeles is street by street, block by block. And we are, are there are smokers between those blocks and on those streets. And for those listening, you know, who are and just, stoner by stoner. And stoner by stoner. Hell yeah. For those listening who are just getting this um, secondhand Keaton right now, you, you should know, like, you know, Keaton cheeses in the North and he's smiling. He's happy to be there. But my man's goes fucking hard, bro. When it when it gets down to it, bro, you singing your lungs out, man. And I think that goes that that goes for all the forty two originals too. But I think it's it's it was kind of like, I mean, there was this kind of stigma or stereotype that like, you know, if you if you if you if you smoke, then like the mellowness just kind of completely takes over. But there's an ability, I think, well, from what I hear from you and even from being around Sam enough, where it's like, it gives you just enough peace of mind to get you through some things, and then you get to just really enjoy moments even to a greater degree 
for for those who don't you know who use it correctly and use it well and i think that's fucking dope man that's that's everything i've seen from from youtube um that that have uh that kind of smoke on the regular yeah you're 100 right dude there's some people you know not everybody drinks so the tailgates might not be for them and they might not want to come think that you know tailgates just a whole like a like come and get trashed and get you know drunk and stuff but no that doesn't have to be the vibe you can literally just come and hang out and chill you don't even have to smoke there's like i said the 42 originals have people in there that don't smoke but they're just people that like cannabis or our friends or our family members that are that don't smoke but they just come to the games but you can definitely come to the tailgates and just hang out and not have to drink or come to the games and not have to drink and just chill and smoke or you know whatever but that's part of a it's part of it you know there's a whole bunch of different people but we just got to make sure that we include everybody and we're just there to make sure that the weed smokers have someone to come hang out with before the games and after the games hell yeah i'm about that you know what's wild is the weed smokers in the north end are great about never um like sober shaming anybody you know which is fucking dope i think that's i think like people who drink tend to do that a little more because maybe drinking is more like widely accepted as like a communal exercise but like I think that's what's great about LAFC, just as you said, like, Dweez, you said smoking is a part of LA culture. Like, I think there's room for anybody, especially even those who don't participate in anything like that, right, to feel welcome that they have a place there because they're just, there's, they're much LA as anyone else. And I think that's wild that we can talk about some, something that's really powerful in one end, but it doesn't mean that other groups get shut out because of it. Yeah, and I think it has a lot to do with, like, if you're the guy that always has weed at the parties, like you come across plenty of people that shouldn't have been peer pressured into smoking and it just ruins the vibes for everybody. So it's to us, like we just want everyone to have a good time. We're not like, if you don't smoke, don't smoke because we don't want it to ruin your night. And like, we have to take care of you. (laughs) You know what I mean? So that's part of it too. It's like, like, I think with we, the peer pressuring stuff stops after like, like the college years. And with alcohol, like, or I don't know if it's just alcohol in general, or it's like our Korean alcoholism, where like peer pressure drinking is what what it's all about. <laughs> yeah, scary shit. Well, I think I'm, I'm stopping pe- with it. Go ahead, Slim. No, I was gonna say I'm gonna stop with the peer pressure drinking too because this this pandemic has ruined my my tolerance for alcohol. So y'all can call me a bitch all you want. Like, uh, I might just say no. <laughs> And on that note, I think we're going to take our second break and we'll be back with Keaton. One more segment, 42 original stand up, North End stand up. Let's go. Farmland stand up. We back. Wishing we were in the backyard, but we're with Keaton, FCFC pod, Tea Time with Dweez, you already know what it is. I'm happy to report that I've sent out the first Tea Time with Dweez mailers this week. That's right. If you're part of the Patreon, doing the tea thing, I sent out some black tea, some Lapsang Shuchang, the, or- the OG black tea for all the good people. But man, tonight, I'm drinking this Huang Guanying, which is this crazy cliff tea from Wu Yi. I got it from Tea Habitat. I very rarely wish as badly as I could share. Since we've been doing the digital pods, I so badly wish I could share this tea with you guys. I wish I could share it with Keaton, show my love for my plant with a fellow plant lover. 
um it's just delicious this tea i'm like my just loving it was that my girlfriend would love you she's all into teas i need to put her on your list hell yeah dude hell yeah that's no that's tight like we just you know we're just we're just plant people connecting plant things we're football people connecting football things people connecting people you guys already know small towns keaton and i we both know what it's like being with no people so we wanted to be with more people and we're doing that um but one thing i wanted to talk about diverting from people to our our other brethren on this planet not plants not people but these animals bro this animal kingdom that keaton's got going on uh i think my little brother what did sean call it it's got a name the funny farm no, the, That's not what called it. it's just a petting. We call it the petting zoo, the petting zoo. And, you know, Slim and I recently both got puppies. I've always been a huge fan of animals. When I was a little kid, I collected these little glass animals. When I was a kid, every morning, I used to tell my mom, I would like dream about birds in my sleep. And I'm doing all this like bird watching crazy shit out here in Expo Park. You guys already know those yellow chevron parakeets just running around those parrot, those parrots just like scrolling around LA. It's crazy. They land in the silk trees. You know what I'm saying? They're they're just escaped. They're escaped pets that became native. You know, it's, it's happened in a few cities, but it's crazy when you hear the squawking, like the bands of them just moving around LA. And there's tons of other crazy birds. Got that red-tailed hawk came by recently for all the people who are on the newsletter list. They already know about the red-tailed hawk that swooped in the budlong. But I'm just I've quarantines really helped me fall back in love with nature in a in a real way. And um being around the tea always helps just like being around the cannabis i'm sure helps but uh keaton can you tell us a little bit about the zoo the petting zoo and just like your connection with animals and this whole other aspect of your life that we haven't even talked about despite everything we've already covered yeah man um i love the plug for the petting zoo to appreciate you um yeah i have uh, i think don't quote me on this i'll say over 40 pets over here um we have our turkeys which are pretty much everybody's favorite we have some pretty giant two giant turkeys um ti and tiny then we have a bunch of chickens a whole bunch of different kinds of chickens some roosters um hold on we're not just gonna fly past ti and tiny bro. <laughs> all right so yeah yeah are they your favorite that. southern couple like what how did you um, know so this year my sister has a thing about naming the animals after celebrities. So a lot of our pets are named after celebrities. So we have T.I. and Tiny, which are the turkeys. We have a uh, Drizzy Drake, which is a chicken. We have Designer, which is a chicken. We have Rashford, Biggie Smalls, Nelly, um, Bruno Fernandez, but we call him Bruno Bananas. Um, <laughs> that's oh we have steve from blues clues he's a blue iguana um yeah we have a whole bunch of different uh names for our pets so i have three balls ball pythons we named after the ball brothers lonzo Melo, and leangelo um yeah so if you come by the house you'll be able to see all of them give you a little tour almost all of our pets are friendly i hand feed all of them except for the snakes obviously and the poison dart frogs but all the birds are hand fed um the dogs are obviously are cool. The cats are cool. Yeah, I love I'll, animals. I, all right, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna let the poison dart frogs. <laughs> 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 okay, <laughs> Keaton, tell us about. I just, 
I mean, you got 40 animals. We probably don't want to hear. I want to hear every story about everyone, but I'm going to save the listeners who might not be as into the animal world as you and I are. But tell us at least a story. Just what, how did you get these poison dart frogs? <laughs> Give us like some details about them. How common do people fuck with them? And then Honestly, just like, yeah, tell me the tale. I want to know, I got convinced to getting poison dart frogs in the beginning of COVID because it was a hobby that one of my friends showed me on YouTube that people got, uh, you just get some poison dart frogs and then they just um, massively reproduce and you could sell them. So that was what his idea was to do, was to start selling poison dart frogs. But in the videos, what I noticed what they were doing is building these bioactive terrariums where everything in the tank is completely alive and you don't really have to water the plants because everything is like building its own little world. And I was like, oh, yeah, dude, I'm going to do that. So I did build one. I have one right over here. And it is so awesome. So I was like, oh, hell yeah, dude, this is great. So I ended up buying the poison dart frogs and putting them in there. Found a store by my house locally that actually has poison dart frogs and specializes in all that stuff. So I ended up being really cool with them. But I love animals, dude. I don't care what kind it is. So I'll get whatever. But yeah, the poison dart frogs were the newest addition to the farm that we got. Damn, with the that's trailers. so wild. Bro, no, I, I, am I just I love cold, am I like just senseless? Am I cold to be like, where does the love of animals go? Like, is it just a thing? Like, it's a living thing that's not a human and it's sick. Like, I wanna, I wanna chill with it. Like, where's, where's the love for animals come from? From someone, where Josh, I, Josh, hold on, J Josh, you just need to go outside and go on a hike, okay? You just need to go out by trees and realize <laughs> you are part of this planet. You are one with all these creatures, and you just need to get familiar with that aspect of it first. We don't even think about it. We just it recognize what's already the connection that's already present between humans and animals. I think we yeah. get that still stuck first. in like when when Korea South Korea was like still third world and stuff, and like animals are still just kind of food. I don't think he's <laughs> evolved past that. <laughs> maybe, maybe, but yeah, it's just like it's dope to find people who are like fuck with animals so hardcore from like a essential level from a deep soulful level like where where do you think what do you think that is like is it the connection to nature as Louise was saying like for you personally keep where does that come from um and where well, are you rooted me personally i when you spend a lot of time with the animals you get to really see how and how smart they are and how you know they all have different personalities they're just like people but they can't speak english or anything that you can understand i actually just said not too long ago to one of my friends that i wish that they could come up with a a box or something that we could translate animals voices so then people could actually understand how interactive these things are and how smart they are and then people would treat them a lot differently as far as the people that don't understand animals but when you spend a lot of time with animals you get to know that they all have different personalities like even birds even fish like I, I'm someone that spends a lot of time with my animals that's why it's a petting zoo because I spend a lot of time making them hand fed and you know it's not even like I did a petting zoo intentionally I just love my pets and I just want to you know get them most of them were all given to us because people didn't want what they had except for the birds we bought those our own because obviously we can eat the eggs but the all the other ones they've been given to us is like you know rescue animals and we've grown from that but i just spend time with them and uh get to know them and then you just learn that you know it's, it's really really free. it's actually it's just like hanging out with your friends because then you get to go out and it's just like you know hang out with us or you know people in this podcast you know you get those you get those same personalities you know what they're going to give you and that's why you go hang out with them and you have a kind of like oh this is why i want to go hang out with those people all the time the animals are the same way like i bring my birds out into the yard i actually raise them in my room so you know they are running around all over the place hopping on my bed and stuff so 
they're literally like my little brothers and sisters so or my children i guess but yeah that's where the love came from and then you really you know you get they're like little people so it's just like why i love people and why i love my friends the same reason i love the animals and that's why it keeps growing and growing we have the space for them so we just keep getting them Shout out to Will Farrell, who also got his uh, LAFC Will Farrell, uh, who got his ducks during the quarantine so he could start having having the fresh eggs. Um, that was a pretty funny story that he told. I think he met with with some folks from LAFC at one point over Zoom. It's all quarantine's all blurred now. But one of the other things that I remember from quarantine early on was obviously like the Joe Exotic wave and all the the Tiger King shit. And we all know that there's like ethics and, and shit behind, uh, you know, how you get certain animals and, and things like that. And Keaton was just talking about how, you know, he gets a lot of animals from people who just don't want them anymore. Um, and, you know, that's something that happens. People want, want to get a dog or want to get a, a bird and, you know, they can't take care of it. And so they look for a way to, to give it back to someone. But Keaton, I was wondering if there's, a, if there's any shops or, or, you know, animal sanctuaries out in the Valley or anywhere else in LA that you wanted to like shout out or big up for people if they were looking to start getting, you know, whether it's the, the, the poison dart frogs or like just wanted to learn more about birds or, or getting like a adopting a dog, like any of that kind of stuff, since you probably have some familiarity with like, with those or, or do you just more, you guys just more like sit back and get them and you don't really know all the organizations and stuff that are out there. I mean, once I get them, I kind of just start learning about those type of organizations and stuff. But that's one of the beauties about being in LA and that's, <clears throat> you can really find anything in this place somewhere, you know, anything it is you can find somewhere that somebody here specializes in it. So yes, there are places in the Valley where you can go. Um, if you're into birds, um, uh, I would say there's like any barnyard place, but I get my birds specifically from a spot on, called Cahoots on Mason and I think Devonshire. Don't quote me on that. It's overnight. Cahoots. Look up Cahoots. Look at Cahoots. Yeah, Cahoots and Chatsworth. That's also where I get the the all the reptile animals from. It's a place called Reptile Life or Exotic Life. Actually, it used to be Reptile Life, just rebranded as Exotic Life. It's on Topanga and Devonshire too. And then there's a fish store that has everything. Like, that's where I fell in love with these places. You know, these people are just so cool and friendly when you go in there. Um, I get, I've been getting fish from there for 20 years. So that's on Sherman Way in Canoga. That's called Aquarium City. Those are my homies over there. But um, I would just suggest if you're into getting animals, any type of animal, just do a simple Google search of LA, see what's around. Don't just go with the first place you click on. Do you actually do your research and you'll actually meet some new friends because that's another thing that comes with it is you meet new people and get in new communities and you can make new bonds. Good. I mean, I think I can sleep, speak for slim, but like getting, getting a dog during quarantine, I was someone who was really careful about getting a dog. Cause I know I care so much about animals. I wanted to give them a good life and all that. And I, I took a long time before I finally pulled the trigger, but uh, it's been so it, it, there's, and look, we're going to be in quarantine for a fucking while longer. So if you're listening to this and you're thinking about the animals and you're wanting to get interested, do what Keaton said, search some shit out, find some, find some things and you, you'll learn something about yourself. You learn something about the world. We're, we're on this living, breathing planet, people. Come on. Or come learn on, more, learn more about it. Come on by and uh, get a feel, bring your kids. If you have uh, kids, especially if in the LAFC community, I would love to meet you. But yeah, come on by, bring them. I don't charge anybody to meet our animals. We just want you to enjoy and get to know them, get to experience something different. I just recently had a shameless plug. Tyron Woodley, the UFC champion, was at our house um, last week. Came by to see the animals. 
and loved it and had such a good time that he actually wants to go home and get his own birds because he actually got to see one of my chickens lay an egg. We took the egg in the house. We cooked it for him. We got to see the whole process. And yeah, something like that could happen. And you'll fall in love with something you didn't even know. We could just come over and talk football, but then you hang out with the birds and you get to meet them. And then you see like, oh, dang, like maybe I should get a chicken. I have a space in my backyard and I can get some fresh eggs every day. One egg a day. If you get multiple chickens, they lay an egg every single day. That's very profitable if you don't want to buy eggs. Yeah. And even if even if you don't, even if you're not ready to take on the responsibility of getting an animal, one thing I'm starting to do in the backyard, that's right, people, I'm, I'm, I'm working out here in the backyard in my spare time. I'm trying to turn it into more of like a bird, like I'm going to add some bird feeders and little things you can do. You know, shout out to that book that I recommended everyone get uh, on the holiday episode, Wild LA. It tells you how to kind of turn your backyard into like a, a place that will attra- attract more urban wildlife and it'll help kind of the ecosystem come to be. So just, just check up on, on how you kind of pimp out your backyard to let the, let the animals come and, and get a little water back there, a little food back there uh, and just help keep these species growing because you know, it's a, uh, for the most part, it's, it's a city that's has lots of great nature associated with it. You don't even have to go all the way up in the hills to find it. It's right here in the city. So check that shit out. That's, that's my, plug. that's my shameless plug. cats start killing them all. Yeah, it's very important you said that, dude. Everybody should try to do as, as much as they can for the, not just try to attract wild animals to your house, but just feed the birds or have some water out for the bees because those type of things, without them, this planet wouldn't continue to roll. So you just got to be subconscious about that and just do a little bit. I'm not saying put some food out for the crazy cats and stuff, but, you know, if you have a garden or something like that, definitely leave some water yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. If you look if you look at wild LA, they kind of talk about it from just like a scientific perspective and how like the things you can do, just little things like for the bird feeders and stuff that yeah, the feral it's not about it's not about buying cat food and leaving it out of your driveway. Like it's about how you can get more, you know, birds coming back and the bees and you know, just getting the getting the pollens mixing, getting the getting the flowers swirling around. And as you guys can tell, I've been in quarantine a while and I'm just I'm just loving nature right now guys i'm just loving it i'm just trying to express that and i know keaton man i think i you know what i think it it's got to be said if keaton will have us when when it's safe and when quarantine's over and we can move our gear we got to just do an episode from the petting zoo because there's no way we couldn't just like you know sitting there live like in in the back somewhere outside and we just hear the squawking and seeing the birds i think keaton we got to make that happen i think that's got to be the follow-up to this pod is just like full petting zoo pod you say that now until you have to edit the video or the sound clips of, and the, all you hear is turkeys gobbling over. Sorry, Josh got it. Josh got it. They no problem. Not, you know, I, I'm on Clubhouse now and I go on Clubhouse and I talk about, you know, whenever I'm talking, I'm always in my yard and the turkeys are always going crazy. You know, it's just so funny. You can't hear. Wait, what's, thing. what's Clubhouse? Tell me about it. What? I heard of it. Oh, about Clubhouse? Oh, what's Clubhouse? Oh my God. Um, I don't want to. Do you guys know Spice and Spice and Slim? Do you know what it is? Yeah. Yeah. It's, oh, just Slim just got, got me my invite on it. Slim just got, I just got Slim. I invited him on there, but um, yeah, I think you get me on too. Get me on, send some invites. Yeah, you know what it is, Josh. You don't even know what it is. Feel it, hear, hear what it is first before you get on it, Josh. Oh, no, I know what it is, bro. It's it's taken up all the uh, time, by the way. Yeah, okay. it's, it's like a new, it's a new social network, I guess. It's basically a, kind of like podcast, but you don't have video. It's just your voice. You have a picture of you and you get to talk, but you have to be invited on the stage to talk. But you right. just have platforms. It would be great for somebody like you or somebody like you guys to be able to do something like that. That's another extension of your platform. Um, but they don't have an MLS uh, 
like someone in that bracket yet. There's nobody that has uh, what they're called clubs and you're yeah. like be someone that runs it and you can have like people have to not they don't have to but people can come to you and join your rooms and you just basically can have watch parties on there i joined the manchester united one it's really cool but there's not one for lafc yet and there's not one for mls i've been looking so i mean you guys are more social media you guys have more people than i do but something you guys should look into and being in you know in the front of that so we could have that platform come this season because that would be great yeah, it's basically a live. Yeah, it's a live podcast. You just kind of just talk on it and like put mute yourself, unmute yourself, and do that whole discussion deal. It's pretty cool. It's just another form of social media that's popping right now. Dweez's so, favorite social media. It's the only media we got, guys. I appreciate it. Now, it's new Dweez, New Year, New Dweez. I'm all about it all, Slim. I was I was hey. out there. I used Instagram tonight to promote. Uh, shout out to Ben Chi and his. He's opening a box of cards right now. I think. I don't even know how that works or what that is, but I'm about it, and I'm trying to help my friends out. It's called unboxing. What was it called? Does anyone remember? It's Spice? breaking. Box breaking. It's box breaking. Box breaking. Box just, breaking. Yeah, he's doing it with some footy cards right now. I just did so, some. That's crazy. You said that. I really just did that. Uh, like three days ago. What you doing? Yeah, that the whole trend is taking off right now. Yeah. yeah. So what is it, Keaton? Can you can you explain it right now, or should we just should we just wait and do a whole other podcast about boxing? <laughs> yeah, no, no. I want to hear a quick version. Quick version. Quick ver- it's just opening up trading cards. I mean, you guys never got trading cards when you were kids, like Pokemon. Oh packs. hell yeah, I got them. I got them for That's sure. It is right now. They are booming. Like the market is so high for for trading cards. Like I just had someone come and do an appraisal of one of my cards from I found randomly in one of my safes a, a, a Pokemon card. It's worth four hundred dollars right now. And this, if it if it was a ten out of ten, it would be worth fifteen hundred dollars, but it was only an eight. So since it's an eight, an eight just sold on Christmas Eve for four hundred dollars of that same exact card. So are you into Are you into to soccer cards, Keaton? So I'm not. I wasn't, but I have a little brother that's ten, and he's you know all into you know that that type of unboxing stuff because you know he sees it on YouTube, and that's a big thing that's popping off right now is people just opening cards on YouTube and seeing if you get that lamello ball or that zion or that luca you know that's a 1200 $1, card off yeah. of a 600 off a 60 dollar box or something like that you know i just opened up the box i got uh my lily have them right here it's crazy these are the soccer cards i just opened up uh, hey. with my brother we got we pulled a gold <laughs> my name messi uh gold ronaldo gold sancho um, so on and so forth, but yeah, it's just trading cards. So you just open. Damn, them, we might have to get into this. Condition. We might have to get into this, boys. We might have to get into this. This is the type of culture Patreon I live for, bro. <laughs> Patreon, 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 Patreon. Um, Keaton, that. man, yeah, dude, I, uh, dude, this this has been so fun. I don't know. I'm I'm having a blast. I I knew I knew we should have done this a long time ago. I wish we could have done it in person. We're obviously gonna do one in person. Um we're doing so many different things with, with FCFC this year. It never rains and God knows when we're all going to be back in the bank. Uh, hopefully it'll be this year, but thank you so much for coming on, man. Like it means a lot to have, to have you representing cannabis culture in LA as part of the LAFC community, but also just having you as a person in the LAFC community means a lot. I've really gotten to know you, you know, in New York, obviously through, through the homies at the games and then down in Mexico is so much fun. And I look forward to, to doing all that shit 
again in the future and shit maybe one day we're just gonna have to have a smoke out all four of us hey hey spice yeah, is nodding yeah. he's like i'm gonna bring my trash can from my room yak. <laughs> i don't yak i'm gonna i'm gonna be a maniac for the first little while and then i'll probably go off the, the dark side deep end and start hearing the choppers and think they're coming for me <laughs> no, it's, all right me and slim could do the smoking i'll just drink the tea with you i'd be more there you than- go there you go there you go um down with that i appreciate you guys having me thank you so much i love what you guys do love what you guys bring to lafc community from a fan standpoint so continue rocking guys thank you for the opportunity thanks so much thank you man shout out keaton shout out to 42 originals uh this has been another episode of the fcfc pod thank y'all for tuning in man it's been another crazy year of whatever the fuck this is and we probably got another year of it to go so appreciate y'all riding with us happy 2021 this is our first episode of the year guys hey we went from alcohol to weed baby we're probably doing we were poisoning you we were poisoning you and now we're healing you yes yeah that's what it's about we might bring some some more poison into the the segment moving forward so fcfc FSA, 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 FSA,